Shovel Network in Ferndale. It's the Soul of Detroit podcast. Tonight, William Shatner. Channel 4's Night Camp. And comedian John Windsor. What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now, Albert? It usually doesn't take this long for me to be lied to on this show. But, uh, Uh-oh. But we were lied to before we even started by Mr. Mark Fellhauer, who told me, that was the worst intro he's ever done. I thought it was. And I'm not saying the other intros are worse. I'm just saying that was a pretty good intro. Oh, wow. Glad the bar's low. Now, it's, it's not as good as our new T-shirts, our new long-sleeve T-shirts. Or oh, our, man. Our new caps, which are, are Sharp. pretty sweet. Or as good as this, uh, this fine uh, cheesesteak that uh, Chef Dave from the Butchery brought by, which is only surpassed by the chips. Which are pretty good. And now that wa- we're done talking about all the good stuff, here's Sean Windsor. Are we going to watch you eat lunch all day? No, no, no. This is, this is uh, natural sound. Tim knows all about this. And uh, Tim, I should say, is our special guest, Mr. Pamplin, known to most of you as the Night Cam or as the Zen Cam because he is a, <laughs> a most diverse fellow. Um, before we get to Tim, I want to tell you that uh, we're brought to you today by Royal Brian Ford. We'll talk about them in a minute as well as The Butchery and many other fine sponsors, Manscaped, Luke Nowacki, David Hall. Uh, Sean Windsor has just joined us. Mark Fellhauer has been here three minutes before. I never leave. Before uh, Sean, which is why he rushed the intro. And we'll be joined a little bit later on by Darren Nichols, talking about his latest column for the Detroit Free Press out of the election. And Tim Kiska, who is perhaps the foremost expert on how people in Michigan vote, to talk about the staggering election results out of Detroit. It was not what anybody expected. If you want to know what I'm talking about, you got to sit your ass tight and listen. But first, we have a we have a guest who, ha- in TV terms, we call it a hard out. He's got to be out uh, at a particular time. So we do not want to waste any more time before we get to Tim Pamplin. Tim, thanks for joining us on The Soul of Detroit. Good morning, Al. Good morning, ganger. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> love that voice. Last time I saw you, people who love Trump and people who hate Trump were exercising their First Amendment rights by cursing at each other, which uh, I did not think was was uh, evocative of uh, Patrick Henry or uh, Daniel Webster or a guy you probably know a little better than us, Winston Churchill, or even Boris Johnson. But uh, so they were out there doing it. And, and I wonder, when you see something like that, people demonstrating, even kind of weak demonstrations that don't have much of a point, do you prefer that to your after dark activities where basically where you show up, somebody is had a very, very bad Is there day. a question in there somewhere? <laughs> and by the way, will you swallow, please, so we can understand you? Get that cheesesteak out of your mouth. I love it. down into your belly. Last time you said that to me, it was prom. I think the question is, do you prefer being the day cam to the night cam? There you go. Hey, now, now it's, it's everything. I love everything. I love being out on the streets and seeing what's going on around town. There are differences, clearly, between what happens during the day and what happens uh, late, late at night. 
but uh, I like the mix. I like the blend of uh, of getting out and about, see, seeing what happens at night, seeing what happens during the day. Going back to what ML said about the protests, I think it was on Friday that you and I last connected. Yes, there sir. was one moment down there when I saw, you saw him too, the chap with a shotgun and the, and the construction hat and his ammo strapped around him. And he was most upset at these two Trump protesters that remained at the scene. And I just remember thinking to myself, is this the sort of person you want? He was fired up. He was spitting. He was actually visually there was spittle coming out of his mouth as he was yelling at these people. And he's got a gun. And I'm like, okay. Well, that's good TV. I, did, I didn't feel comfortable. <laughs> no, he just was... like me because Mike's spitting out of his mouth right now. He refuses <laughs> to put the sandwich down. I'm so sorry. It's, it's a pretty good Less sandwich. Spittle. <laughs> um, so for those that don't know, the night cam is pretty much a reporter that is never seen, which is why you're not being seen on the Facebook live today. Um, I mean, it's a good hook, but the, I guess two questions. Number one, how did, why? Where did this come from? And number two, do people ever recognize you and go, hey, it's the night cam? <laughs> it often happens in a grocery store. Seriously? <laughs> where's, where's the uh, gravy granules? We're like, wait a second. <laughs> oh, the voice. Given, so if I don't say anything, I'm good. Is, is this a, a grocery talker. store that has been a scene of multiple shootings? <laughs> or just your regular grocery store? My regular grocery okay. store. Now I'm known over there. They all know okay. me now because... I'm a regular, but anywhere you happen to go, it's, 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 they look at you, they look at me puzzled because you can see the cogs turning in their head. There's something that's connected. I never, I never give it away. Sometimes I do an American accent, <laughs> which really confuses lots of people, but uh, it's, it's enjoyable. And how it came about, back to your question, how it began, it was in 2005, uh, the Studebaker plant up on Piquette. Mm. Five alarm fire, massive fire, burned the whole Studebaker factory down to the ground. It was quarter to 11. I was just a roving photographer running around, didn't do on-camera reports or didn't do reports. And then Devon got in my ear and says, can we come to you? Because he saw my pictures. I said, sure, let's do this. So I did it. The executive producer got in my ear and said, just you know, tell us what you're seeing. Stay calm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Five minutes into the broadcast, she says, do not stop talking. I'm like, okay. I went for 23 minutes by 20 past 11. The rest of the crews have arrived. I think Mara McDonald had arrived on the scene. They got established. And, and we pretty much had that story covered well, for I'm, the entire newscast. I'm surprised more stations. And star was born. I'm surprised more stations don't do this because instead of having two people, they can just have one. I mean, well, yeah, there's certainly, there's certainly a business component to it. You can send one person out, do the job of three. I, you know, shoot, report, edit. Uh, there are some downsides to it, obviously. I'm alone. No one's got my back. <laughs> and I do go into some sketchy areas. Yeah. Is there uh, a time you can remember where you went to a place and it was uh, a little freaky? You were a little maybe scared? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's bullets of whiz by my truck. It's, you learn real quick. You know, you don't, I remember one of the very first shootings I did in Southwest Detroit. I was there before the police were there, which was kind of a no-no. Yeah. And, and not uncommon, sadly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get there. There's no police. And then suddenly I'm seeing the shooting continuing. I was just a few blocks away when it went down. So I was there very quickly. At that point, uh, this was like 14, just after I started doing the night cam, 
I decided, you know, okay, that's my message. Wait till you see the red and blues approach slowly. Now, Tim, when you're on the street, um, do people understand who you are? They may not recognize you by face. They might not hear your voice until you, you start uh, giving the play-by-play. But when people see a lone photographer uh, speaking into a microphone from Local 4, does anybody say, oh, the night cam's here? It does happen. Yeah, it does happen. And that could be a double-edged sword. Yeah, the night cam's here. Let's take his wallet. (laughs) (laughs) It could be a double-edged sword. Some people could say, oh, we love you, man. Give me a hug. And we're hug. Well, we used to hug. (laughs) High five. And it was jolly good. Now it's more of, you know, fist bumps and air, air fives. Yeah, uh, But then there's the other side of it where I may have done a story on someone who got killed or someone was a shooter or someone went to jail and, and, and their people are at the scene and now I'm suddenly the enemy. And I, the feeling of the media, feeling like the enemy, has ratcheted up quite a bit, certainly in the last couple of weeks here, um, where there are members of the community who feel like the media are the enemy. So... Tim, in, in uh, nationally, particularly in conservative areas, and I've encountered this in other parts of Michigan, uh, the media, there's a lot of hostility there because of the past four years of, of demonization coming out of the White House and this whole fake news uh, uh, moniker that's been foisted on us. But Detroit's a pretty democratic city. Do you find increased hot- hostility towards yourself and another news crews here in this democratic stronghold who don't agree with President Trump on just about anything? Yeah, I don't work just in the city, of course. Sure. We've got a, a large area uh, that we cover. Um, you just got, the bottom line is you have to keep well, you have to keep your head on a swivel. You have to know what situational awareness is something that you have to have out there. I mean, you just have to. If you let your guard down for a second, that's when there's a problem. My trick is to get in and get out. I don't stick around too long. I talk fast, get the facts out, and then move on. Well, I'm still amazed at this origin story. So do you have a journalism background? Is it just from filming people you picked up how to do stories? (laughs) No, let me tell you, this all started, according to my mother, when I was five or six. I was watching a telly, a show on the TV, called It's a Knockout, right? It's like uh, Wipeout in America, you know, Wipeout? Yeah, oh yeah. Crazy obstacle courses. Yeah, great show. Yeah, yeah. So I, in England, it was called It's a Knockout. And I would sit there mesmerized, not at the contestants, but at the camera people who were running around the obstacle course with them, you know, doing the obstacle vicariously through their camera lens. And mum tells me that when I was five or six years of age, I said, that looks like a really fun job. I don't want to be the guy doing it, I'd like to be the guy showing who's doing it. So mm-hmm. from a very early age, I've always wanted to be the camera person. When I left England hmm, 30 years ago, there were four TV stations in the entire country. Really? Okay. Yeah. And about 60 television camera news photographers. Getting into that profession when I left was, was impossible. So I had to make some choices. If it was a goal, a life goal that I wanted to, to achieve... I'd have to make some uh, geographic changes. And the opportunity arose and found a lovely lady from Pasadena who sponsored me. <laughs> sponsored you? <laughs> uh, uh, was she little and old or? She wasn't that Say same. She, was she little and old or was it a different lady from Pasadena? No, no, no. She was abs- absolutely lovely. Her name was Sharon, a fashion designer. She was on sabbatical. It's a great story. Uh, she was on sabbatical. She wanted a traveling companion. We met in a hotel in London. Mm. Um, where I was working for my dad's law firm. And uh, 
she got cold feet. She said, I need someone to travel with me around Europe, North Africa, uh, over to Israel. Would you, would you be willing to join me? Hey. So, yes, the rest will be in the book, I'm sure. <laughs> and, and so was your first stop over here in California, or did you come to Detroit? I mean, how, how did you get to Detroit? Because there are lots of markets where if you're sort of doing the meat grinder, as we do here, uh, you know, the, the big story is cat run over by, by, uh, <laughs> by stroller, as opposed to five guys shot uh, by five other guys who were shot the day before, uh, and they're waiting for five guys to come and shoot the rest of them tomorrow. Let me tell you, Detroit is, the num- I think, the number one news town in the country. It's by, by far. The, the, the variations of news stories that we get here on a daily basis, I, I've not seen anywhere else. Detroit was my first television news job market. I was lucky to come into market number 10 as a first gig. When I came to America from Europe, we moved to Chicago because she got a transfer to Chicago. So we were in Chicago so I, I, Chicago is my birth home in America, if you will, 30 years ago. Spent five years there and then came to Detroit. So when has being the night cam and not having a reporter with you, when is that? Has that ever hurt you? Like people don't believe like, oh, we'll wait for your reporter or anything. Has that ever been an obstacle? Uh, I don't know that there's too many obstacles, but the, the biggest issue with not having a second person, I touched on it earlier. Is just, just being alone. issue. No yeah. one's got my six, right? <laughs> so, yeah, you carry? Not allowed to. No, no. That's, oh, you're not uh, allowed to. Some, uh, that would be a corporate policy. Work rules. Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just I, I, the lawyers say not advisable. Not allowed. That's yeah, probably, do, probably a good idea since it'd be on camera. Do people ever confuse you with Rob Walchek because your voices are so similar? No, I never get that. Often no. people say, are you Australian? I had someone say the other day, are you German? I'm like, German? German. I don't know where that one came from, but yeah, no. So it's, I, uh, I remember I got confused with Vic, with Vic Skelly last night, who's a very fun photographer at our station. Does the NFL sideline cameras? Um, Vic is outstanding, but he's he's a little more rock and roll than you are. I think he's uh, he's, he's a very distinctive roll, uh, appearance opera. for sure. <laughs> yes, and of course, the Vic. owner of the V Mail Vintage Boutique in Dearborn Heights. If you're ever in the neighborhood, check it out. There you go. Yes, man about town, Victor. So I remember when the Olympics were over in London, they sent you over there. Um, what other, I mean, do they give you a lot of freedom being the night cam to go wherever you want to or do what, do unique things, do different things? Cause that's one of the things I love about it is that, Hey, it's something in the news that's different. Right. No, they do. They, I mean, obviously uh, the mainstay of the night cam is breaking news on local four at 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's different. Someone said to me last night, you're all, it, it's borderline tabloid. Yeah. I don't know if that was a compliment or not, but uh, I said thank you, as one does, and carried on. It's, it, I like the variation of what I do. Um, the Olympics I've covered, they sent me over to London to cover two royal weddings. I've spent a lot of time with Devon traveling to the Olympics throughout the years. Oh, no. <laughs> Were you over there for that last royal wedding? Yes. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. That fell, no, no. that fell apart quick. Well, there are some questions about his authenticity, aren't there? We shan't go there, though. Yeah, yeah okay. Have you ever thought about going home, Tim? <laughs> or do you consider yourself... Because uh, you recently became a citizen, so this... Excuse me, this is your home. But uh, uh, Yeah, it is home. I'm, I'm a dual national. I got my British passport. Okay. In fact, I just got my new British passport. And I 
it struck me that I'm aging because I now have <laughs> five expired British passports. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. But 52, the, 52 years of age, but I still feel like a 27-year-old. You're giving away too much information about the night camp. We're going to figure out who you are. So, so you, well, I'll, I'll help people. He's, uh, he's four foot ten. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> 700 pounds with a shocking red afro. Yeah, and that's exactly of, right. Loads the of funny piercings. story is you mentioned the uh, the armor, the suit of armor that was used during the night cam promotions. The yeah, K and I G H D. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't. That wasn't me in the armor. You know, what? Behind the secret. No, that was that was our. Uh, well, they don't make suits of armor at six foot six, right? Yeah. So this was a suit of armor that was apropos for the times when people wore armor. It was our five foot one operations manager inside oh, that suit of armor, Jeffrey Liebman. Bless oh, his man. soul. That's like when they did promos for Alan Allman. It fooled me to think that uh, that was really him running the board. Do you remember? Do you know? Do you know who Alan Allman? Do you know who Alan oh, Allman that is? That voice. That yeah. voice. Of course I do. Yeah, but he was another person that has never been seen, quote unquote. Yeah, he had a great voice. As uh, and then there's that Wilson fellow from Tour Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pantheon of of people that we don't see but we know that are on TV. So yeah, he's my per- he's my perennial Halloween outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, be- before uh, before I I take us to our, our experience together, because the night camp started just before I got to Local Four in two thousand six. Tell us a little about a bit about your other franchise, the the moment of Zen, which is something I think we could we could all use a little more often these days. Yeah, so this popped up just a couple of months into the pandemic, around about lockdown time, towards the middle of lockdown. And there was nothing on this on the schedule for me that Friday. Uh, they said, "Okay, so just hang tight. We'll see what pops." I pitched. Well, how about a moment of Zen? So they asked me to expound, and I said, "You know, waterfalls and butterflies and bunny rabbits and things." And um, the, the conference, the newsroom conference, um, erupted in applause, and off I went. And the moment of Zen was born. It's basically ninety seconds. The moment. 90 seconds, um, of just, of just relaxation. It's like a blood pressure pill, if you will, just brings you down a couple of clicks, lots of long dissolves, lots of beautiful <laughs> images. And it's Ridiculous. a perfect end to a, to a newscast, uh, at five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. And then we start the six o'clock newscast, then you're on your own. And then the carnage, <laughs> the carnage begins again. <laughs> exactly. I, I remember being on a, on a Friday night, and it, it was not with you, uh, but Vic Skelly was on the street, uh, sort of a one-man crew. And it's, it's the, uh, one of the few Friday nights I worked at WDIV, and I said, what do we do? Because normally you want to come with a story so you know you have something because you know you're going to be on the air. Uh, it's best if you have a story because if you don't, they'll give you some crap. I didn't have a story. I said, what do you got? And they said, just drive around. Something will happen. And sure enough, uh, by 11 o'clock, somebody had been shot. And so we, we did that over Jeez. at uh, McNichols. And um, I'm trying to think right by the, by, uh, by the Rathskeller there, but the Dakota Inn. But um, Tim and I kind of worked together at the beginning of my time at, at WDIV and near the end of my time at WDIV. Not that there was a lot of days in between those two events, but I was assigned to cover the state of the city, the mayor's state of the city in 2006, which happened shortly after I had busted the mayor. Where's the bell? Uh, well, you haven't, said his, you haven't oh, said his sorry. name yet. Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick um, for um, putting a lot of friends and family on the payroll who had falsified their qualifications and had all kinds of other problems. 
Well, the person who was handing out credentials for this event was one of the people I nailed. And so when I went to check in to Orchestra Hall, they said, no, no, you're out. And I said, but I got a credential. I said, no, you've been pulled. And the mayor's police bodyguards escorted me out of Orchestra Hall and walked me around the corner. And I spent the entire state of the city sitting in Tim's van, which uh, you probably won't have this experience but this is like being at the center of the news universe, or at least it was then. Every scanner channel is blaring. He's watching the show. He's monitoring <laughs> the other stations. I mean, it's really like being um, in the nerve center of a great uh, metropolitan news operation. And uh, it was amazing. We could hear the police bodyguards saying, right. you know, where's El- Okay, he went around the back. He's here. He's there. Badger one, do you have him? And all this other crap. And it was it was completely and utterly absurd. I don't think either one of us has ever seen anything like that before. But in my last week, and I don't know if you remember this, Tim, we were assigned to do a story about a about a larceny of a fish from a koi pond in East Point. Mm. And Important so news. you could tell where my career went at WDIV <laughs> from the state of the city to a, a larceny of a fish. And at the end of the shot... Um, we uh, we said police, you know, are taking tips, but uh, we think this is a suspect. And I held up a drawing I had done of a cat, and that was. <laughs> I do recall. I do recall yes. it now. The cat. The cat. Yes. Mister Tittles. And as we were driving from point to point, Tim's like, "What are you doing over there, mate?" And I said, "Well, I'm just working on a little something. I think we may put at the end of the at the end of the package, but." Uh, but Tim, I, quite a memorable moment. It's it's and, and that's the joy. That's what I was getting at earlier, guys. It's every day is different every hour is different last night for example first story was a two-year-old hit by a car on the east side driver stopped cps was called um then i headed over to a fiery rollover crash on 75 and ended up at the mother who shot the her own baby because her neighbor ate her fried chicken from uber eats if you saw that story i heard about it yeah everything is just every moment there's something going on. That's why you got to keep your ears to the scanners and keep calling your, your well, friends out on the streets. On the light side, is there a night cam blooper reel? Because I feel like when I watch it, um, there's been multiple opportunities where you might fall down. Has that ever happened? Uh, if there is, I wouldn't be publishing it right now. <laughs> why not? That'd be fun. That's in the vault. It'll be safe for retirement. Next July is my 25th <laughs> anniversary working the streets of Detroit. I, I, I think there might be something to recognize uh, the 25 years in the city. Well, Tim, uh, Nightcam Pamplin, we really appreciate you joining us here on the Soul of Detroit. If you see Tim out there, hope that it's at the grocery store. Because if it's not, <laughs> and it's not a moment of zen, it may be your last moment. But Tim, we appreciate everything you do. WDIV, check him out there. Check him out on uh, social media. You have a, a Twitter feed, right? Right, Tim? At Nightcam, at Nightcam. And then also, uh, obviously, at Local 4. And then uh, timothypamplin.com. You can find wow. a compendium of all the pieces I've done over the last few months or so. And plus, there's an entire we- uh, section on the moments of Zen. So if you want to Zen out for 20 minutes, head over there. Yeah, so, so if you've just landed on this planet and you need to get caught up, uh, there's lots of places to do it. Tim, we appreciate the work you do. We appreciate you keeping us informed. Please stay safe, my friend, and I will see you on the street. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. Bye now. Thank you. Yeah, I remember when uh, Riff let go of the Drew and Mike show, one of our last days, the night cam was there and everybody met him except for me. And I was really bummed out. And then I realized, oh, wait, I don't want to know what he looks like. You didn't want to. You didn't want to ruin the match. I'll just tell you this. He's a handsome man. 
and very tall. That's the only two things I know about him. Don't not give. How's lunch away. going on over there? This is fantastic. In yeah. fact, uh, Windsor the, and I could hear you eating lunch, so the, that was fun. The, the getting shot by yeah, somebody over Uber could. Eats is one more reason to go to the butchery. And uh, Chef Dave's with us in studio here today. But I, I want to tell you what I would tell you, even if he wasn't listening, that you need to go to the butcherysl.com and reserve your fresh Amis raised turkey today. Customers are thankful for quick and friendly service at the butchery, the high quality, the many other great comestibles in the store, including beer, soda, chips, gourmet foods and spices, and Altus beer. And even if you can't make it in the store to get your turkey, there's one more thing to be thankful for. Shipping is free. Yes, that's right. You will get your fresh Amish-raised turkey deep chilled and delivered to your doorstep for no extra cost and as always when you go to the butchery tell chef dave that ml sent you it's not just so they know that you know about them because of us it's so you can get your free pound of sausage or bacon and an autographed copy of my book the kwame sutra call 248-682-COWS for more information or visit the butchery sl.com you'll be glad you did dave was telling me too i think uh, if they buy a turkey you donate one to uh, I forgot what the organization was, but one a, will a, just be donated. A good cause, yes. They, yeah. For oh. every for every turkey who orders a turkey, they'll give away a turkey. I almost hit one yesterday. What? Yeah, I was driving down the road, flew up right in front of me, and uh, this wing clip. It was huge. It was probably three four feet with its wing spread. It was just like a seven forty seven taken off very slowly. But oh, that man. would be turkey on turkey crime. I guess so. It's a tragedy. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Yeah. But you know, wild turkey. So, uh, yeah, so the butchery, and we are enjoying some uh, amazing eats here uh, from the butchery. So, I can uh, tell. Like, we can hear. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, you, you know You're you, not going to win that one, ML. You, you show up late, you miss out on the good eats. No, 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 I'm not worried about that. I just am enjoying the drool. <laughs> it's not drool. It's, uh, it's, it's the exquisite juice. The mastication. That's a word you would use, by the way. <laughs> mastication. Going on over there. That's very Elrickian. I, I was known in high school as a furious masticator. masticator. I knew that was coming. I chewed a lot of stuff up. Wait, did you hear Kilpatrick in there? No, it was just for... Yeah. Okay. You know, speaking of Kilpatrick, he had a, a Lincoln Navigator, which is produced by the Ford Motor Company. And so if you're looking a for a new a ride... So I'm trying yeah, to Way bring, to link our I'm, beautiful, lovely sponsor with... That Navigator was beautiful and lovely. It's a Ford dealership. Not a, Come on, man. It's a great product. Power through. So uh, if you're looking for a new ride, service repairs, or even just a top-notch oil change, Royal Brian Ford in St. Clair Shores is the place to go. My mom bought a red Ford focus wagon there her little red wagon uh she's pretty groovy and 110,000 miles later she's still a satisfied customer and she's not alone royal brian has been taking care of customers for nearly 75 years from the corner of nine mile and mac but if you don't quite feel like taking the right track to nine mile and mac as they say go to royalbrian.com that's r-o-y-o-b-r-i-e-n.com and check out fast track which lets you choose your vehicle and options but that's not all you can pick your deal, lease, finance, or cash, get the value of your trade-in, apply for financing, and schedule delivery of your new ride. If you go in person, Royal Brian Ford is serious about protecting you and their employees. I've been to the dealership, and I can tell you they are taking every measure to protect your health while you explore your options. To learn more, visit royalbrian.com or call 888-566-5851, and be sure to tell them ML's mom's son sent you. So we're joined by two other guests, uh, our friend Darren Nickel, a regular contributor to this show and to the Detroit Free Press, and Tim Kiska, a journalism professor at the University of Michigan-Dearborn and also one of the most uh, savvy, canny, and experienced election 
uh, gurus in the state of Michigan. In fact, get the bell ready. In 2005, as the Free Press was getting ready to put a first edition headline out that said, Freeman Hendricks appears to end the Kilpatrick dynasty, my friend Darcy McConnell, who you've heard on this show before, told me, she called me from Fox 2 and said, uh, I'm here with Kiskin. He says the numbers are starting to turn. And I went into my boss and I said, hey, I think we might want to take it down a notch on this headline. We did. And of course, Kwame Kilpatrick ended up pulling out that election at the last time. It's one of the few things he pulled out of. Uh, he pulled out um, <laughs> the election. Um, boy. Uh, but, uh, but so these gentlemen are with us. And, and before we get to them, I want to set the scene for something that many of us who uh, watched the record turnout for many of us who saw how many absentee ballots were requested and returned did not see coming. And this comes from a, a report in the free press by Todd Spangler. He says that despite the fact that Detroit is basically not a Trump stronghold and the fact that Biden ran a much more uh, vigorous and successful campaign than Hillary Clinton, who got far fewer votes in Detroit than president Barack Obama Biden got, and I want you to listen to this because it blew my mind. It'll probably blow yours. Biden got 1,000 fewer votes in Detroit than Clinton did, which seems incredible, particularly with so many more ballots cast. And Trump got 5,000 votes more. I'm, I'm not terribly surprised by that. Are, are you, Tim? What planet are, are you from? Well, that no, was true I, around I, the country. I'm not, and I'll tell you why. Because the messaging was very hard. It's though, and may not be the best messaging, but Republicans are very good at messaging. But the what do you have to lose type vote. And I just wondered if, is that why Tim or Darren, is that why they went that way? Uh, no, I think it's a bunch of stuff. Uh, for starters, Trump didn't lose ground basically any place in the state. Uh, he did, I mean, he held his own. I think the difference was number one, Biden had a, a better campaign and got slightly better numbers, but also by the way, the libertarian and Green Party candidates this time around mm. went downhill. And I think that was the difference right there. So if anybody thought, well, this election, you know, the Trump people took a dive, that's not true. The numbers are right there. They, they, yeah. He, he held his way around everywhere. And I've got some numbers uh, out, of, out of Macomb County and Sterling Heights and Lathrop Village and Roscommon County up north. Same thing. He, there was very little uh, drop off there. It was that Biden just did. Uh, somewhat better and no green, no libertarian candidates there. But but Darren, wouldn't you think if there were thousands of votes that went to uh, the Green Party and uh, the Natural Law Party and the Libertarians and the I'm Wasting My Vote Party in 2016 and those candidates weren't here, that those votes would go to Joe Biden? Because I think a lot of those votes were, I'll never vote for Trump, but I ain't voting for Hillary but instead, it was Trump who gained votes. In I mean, what did you think when you saw that? Well, I, A, I was a little bit surprised at the numbers. But we also have to keep in mind that there was an underground movement that was called Walk Away. Um, the Walk Away movement that was going on among African-American people all throughout the country um, that um, promoted uh not voting for Joe Biden and and uh, really taking a listen at Donald Trump. And so I think a part of the numbers you see is a result of the walk away movement. Um, and I learned about it back in August when a good friend of mine um, 
she came out and said she was a part of the walk away movement. And as a result, um, I think that there were other people um, of all uh, social economic uh, groups that, that were a part of that as well. So they walked away, but where did they go? Did they walk over to Trump land? Yeah. Yeah. They walked. Yeah. They walked away to Trump land. They were, they were all, the movement was for uh, them to walk away from traditional politics and to really take a listen to uh, the Joe Biden, I mean, excuse me, the uh, Donald Trump campaign and what he was, what he was doing. So I don't want people to get uh, misled by the by the the tenor of my voice that that I'm disappointed by this. I'm just as someone who's watched elections for a long time and 20 years in particular in Detroit, I'm just staggered that there would be more votes cast in Detroit that Biden would have a much better organization in Detroit and he would get less votes without third-party candidates sluicing some of those votes away than Hillary Clinton. I can see Trump getting more votes, but, but, but how the is messaging. it that there's more voters and the Democrat gets less votes in Detroit? Tim, is, is Detroit changing? Is this is this city becoming more bipartisan? No, I, I think that Darren's really onto something. And by the way, I, I've, I've seen some reports, for instance, out of Cleveland, same thing, exact same thing. And I, I think it's not walking into Trump land as much as saying, hey, we're being taken for granted. Yeah. Everybody just assumes that we're, we're, we're going to vote Democratic. Maybe we don't want to do that anymore. Maybe we got to get something of uh, a little bit more respect for, for cozying up to the Democratic Party. Uh, so I, th- I think it's more that. Uh, I mean, this is totally anecdotal than, than anything else. Uh, also, so I think a fair, I don't know what Darren would say about this, but I think a fair number of people are starting to feel pretty disaffected by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of wondering, wait a minute, how relevant is this to my life? And and I think you're hearing a lot more of that as well. So all the new voters in Detroit then voted for Trump. Is that what I'm led to believe? I mean, it just seems not, crazy. Not all. No. 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 What, I mean, Darren, Trump what do you say? Go up, by the way, two percent. By the way, so that's a it's a it's an increment. It's small. But it's still, I think, as small as it is, I think it's a strong win that, that if I were the Democratic Party, I'd be paying some pretty serious attention to. And it was it, more it, men than, real quickly, it was more uh, African-American men than women, right? right? Among women, the numbers stayed the same or maybe went up for Biden a little bit or as opposed to the men, right, Darren? Yeah. I from mean, what, I, from I what mean, I've read, and that was true around the country. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have to take in, into account some of the – uh, rap stars and others who exactly. um, got involved with the Trump campaign um, late as he was making a push. You had, you know, Kanye West who jumped into the race, uh, Ice Cube, and, and several others who who did jump in. Whoa, 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 and wait, wait, sure wait, 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 wait. The Cube was with Trump. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Lil Wayne, Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah. What happened to America's Lil Most Wayne, Wanted? Ice Cube. Well, do you want to know the story behind that? He want, wanted to work, and he put the message out there. And to Tim's point, the Democrats didn't reach out to him, but the Republicans did. They showed a willingness to listen. And that's all Ice Cube said is, hey, I don't care who you are. Just listen to what we have to say. And that sounds like that's what a lot of other people felt. I don't know if that's right or not, Tim or Darren. Well, so from from F the police to uh, uh, voting for Trump? That's, I mean, I know it's been a long time since Ice Cube was in NWA, but holy shit, that's a... Right, but I think it was more about listening to the black agenda. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I think that, that that is where the place that a lot of them came from. Um, while we can say that they touched on some issues in the African-American community, there was really no clear black agenda on either side. So as a result, there, there were a lot of people who, who um, felt like they were not wanted um, and, and decided to make a change in some sort of way. If I could just make this quick point, we're talking about all this and these numbers and the changes and the percentages Trump gained. Having said that, what saved Biden were black folks in South Carolina in the primary because he was losing. And they decided, and I remember you saw the stories, I'm sure, too, Darren and Tim, when this happened. They decided, and it was older older black folks, the the demographics of, of that primary, but they decided that Biden was the most electable among that group, and they were absolutely right. You know, I think the other big story, too, is Georgia, where Stacey Abrams got all of these folks registered, got them out to vote. You know, if, you, I, if I would have said four years ago, hey, guys, uh, guess what? Uh, Georgia's going to turn blue. I think it's I think they're still counting a few votes. I think you kind of said would say, geez, what, what, what are you even smoking? But it happened. And I think they've got a shot at getting at least one, maybe one, maybe two Senate seats there. So I think that that, you know, it's, you know, Stacey Abrams, by the way, I think is, by the way, how much she's walking on water in the Democratic Party yeah. right now because they're kind of looking at her and saying, thank you very much. Well, the Democrats, you know, they seem to lose or have lost a lot of that rural blue collar votes, especially in uh, Pennsylvania that they've always had because they took them for granted. And it does seem like they're starting to take minorities from granted. But Tim, I wanted to ask you regarding the vote in Detroit, um, was it just for Trump or what about, you know, a Republican never wins state seats, state legislator seats, but was there a movement there? What, uh, did it affect the down really, ballot? I mean, uh, by the way, taking a look at John James, uh, two years ago, he got about 5% of the vote. That's about where he landed this time okay. around. Uh, you know, we got 3,000 more votes this time than last time, you know, in 2018. But then again, there was a heavier turnout because it was a presidential year. So there wasn't that much movement there for for John James. I'm hearing anecdotally that you know he just turned a lot of people off. Huh. Uh, so uh, there wasn't. I don't think there was that much movement uh, in general. So it was Trump. It wasn't the party. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I think so. Well, g- uh, gentlemen, b- before we go, Darren, you had a column in the in the Free Press that ran after uh, after I guess the media elected Donald Trump. Um, what, 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 what's your take on where we're headed now and, and what this meant to, uh, a lot of folks in this area? Well, I, I think, um, you know, my column sort of laid out, um, that there was a sigh of relief among the African-American community. Um, and I struggled with what was I going to say? And as a result, I looked into uh, what Van Jones said on Saturday where he got very emotional uh, in terms of what this means, in terms of police brutality, what this means in terms of, um, you know, a, a number of things that the division within the country um, with, uh, with that came directly from the president, uh, his stance on not uh, condemning white supremacy, and all of those things weighed heavily on the black community. And as a result, um you know, they, they, there was a sigh of relief. There was some joy and there was a pen let out finally um, on Saturday because people were uh, on pins and needles between Tuesday and, and Saturday morning. 
or or as many people said, they felt like they could breathe now. So, uh, gentlemen, thanks yeah. thanks for joining us. Uh, Tim Kiska, University of Michigan Dearborn journalism professor and elections guru, and of course. Darren Nichols, contributing columnist at the Detroit Free Press and a contributor here on uh, ML's Soul of Detroit. Uh, before we move on from the election, I want to I want to suggest that everybody check out the latest episode of uh, the No BS News Hour because Charlie Duff had an absolutely brilliant idea, which was to volunteer as an election worker and to provide some inside perspective. He's been incredibly critical of our Detroit city clerk and election officials in general. So he decided to get a firsthand look, and what he saw convinced him that there was not any widespread fraud. Um, Charlie did criticize the uh, mainstream media for not being there till the bitter end. Well, I can tell you I was there till 4.30 in the morning on Wednesday night, so I did stay till the bitter end. And I did not see any irregularities. In fact, by the time I went home, the votes had all been counted. It was pretty much just me, a few election workers tidying up, and more Republican election challengers than Democratic, and several of them came up to me just to shoot the breeze, and nobody had any complaints, nobody had any wrongdoing that they could find. I did see one Republican lawyer, he said he was a lawyer, get chased out of there around midnight. He said it was because he was accused of using his phone to take pictures or video. His explanation was that he was just using his phone to check his hair. So uh, you can take that for what it's worth, he would not give me his name or phone number or anything. Uh, he said he needed to get authorization from his superiors. I gave him my name and phone number and email. I still have not heard back from him, so I guess that's the way it goes. But but here's here's where I want to talk about what the uh, mainstream media. Also, Charlie said something about you know shame on anybody who didn't ask Janice Winfrey a lot of tough questions. He didn't really say what tough questions he wanted her to be asked. But uh, next time we'll get a list early. But. Um, there, there was a lot of criticism of the media, but the Detroit Free Press in particular did an outstanding job of putting the truth to many of the lies that have been yeah. told. And I want to go through three of them here brought to you by my colleague Clara Hendrickson and, and, and Ashley, whose last name is, is very difficult for me to pronounce and remember, but uh, still <laughs> nevertheless a valued colleague. Um, uh, a Detroit man in, who died in 1984 did not yeah. vote via absentee ballot. A viral post claimed that a Detroit man who died cast an absentee ballot. The man, William Bradley, was born in 1902 and passed away in 1984. His son, and get this, oh my God, I think we've just unsolved, unraveled the conspiracy, also named William Bradley, said he lives in the same house where his father used to live. So that's where the confusion was. When his ballot was initially logged, it was incorrectly attributed to the William Bradley, born 118 years ago through a clerical error that was corrected. So an easy mistake to make, but here's where reporters are different from assholes. We hear something that sounds like it might be true, and we try and get an explanation. When we have an explanation, we don't tell everybody that there's a conspiracy. We say, look, here's why you might think there's a conspiracy, but here's the real deal. Here's another one. Biden did not receive 100% of 138 votes count in the middle of the night. Okay. This was uh, another clerical error. Yeah, of sorts, a a since a, deleted tweet posted by Matt McAuley. Well, we're not going to, we're not going to give his name because we don't want to send people to more of this fake news shit. Uh, he said that during a results update in Michigan, Joe Biden received more than 138,000 votes early Wednesday morning with no votes accruing to the other presidential candidate. Um, well, it turns out what happened was there was a clerical error from Shiawassee County, not exactly a hotbed of Democratic uh, support, by the way. There was an error in their presidential vote count, which was quickly remedied. 
An hour-by-hour update from Associated Press data shows there was no point in time when President Donald Trump did not post an increase in votes. And clearly, if somebody's cooking the books, how the hell did he get 5,000 more votes in Detroit in 2020 than he did in 2016? Come on, folks. This just... Well, there's always going to be clerical errors. That doesn't, know, that doesn't equate to widespread fraud. Right. And, and so here's how this works. You have some information. You check it out. If you get an explanation, go with the explanation, not with what you saw in the first place. Follow the thread, folks. Follow the thread. Uh, finally, and, and there's about two dozen of these myths that were exploded. You can find it at freep.com. This is my favorite one. Vid- video of ballot stuffing is not from a Flint polling place. Oh, yeah. It's from Russia. Russia. Yeah. So there was video purportedly showing election officials stuffing ballots in Flint that wasn't taken at a polling place in Flint. In fact, when they looked at it more closely, some of the uh, identifying stuff was shaded, but you could see that there uh, were double-headed eagle crests common on Russian Federation coat of arms that appears on both the ballot box and two nearby voting booths. And Brian Larkin, the chief of staff for the city of Flint, said this is absolutely not a Flint polling site. Lastly, I'm going to mention the uh, the videos that were smuggled in, I mean the, the ballots that were smuggled into the TCF Center. Um, Channel 7 pointed out, no, no, that was our wagon bringing in video equipment. So I saw someone on Twitter had said that uh, I'm a photographer and I've never seen anything like this, to which I responded, you're either not much of a photographer, you're very new to it, or you're a liar. Because in 25 years of doing this, everywhere photographers go, particularly videographers, they bring a ton of shit with them. Tripods, batteries, cables, cameras, you name it, computers. So please, 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 people, there's plenty for us to fight over. There's plenty of problems for us to fix. But let's not create them just because we don't like the way things happened. Let's stick to the truth, okay? And Tucker Carlson, you worthless douchebag piece of shit criticizing Detroit and questioning whether we have a right to help pick the next president of the United States. Dog whistle. That's all that is. Listen, Tucker. Come to Detroit. I heard you on this network talking about what a tough guy you are. Come and prove it. Come to Detroit and you tell us we don't have a right to pick the next president. Because we sure as hell do. And you can keep your acres and your mule because we're going to kick your ass if you bring that chicken shit, Swanson frozen dinner inheritance to this town. We're not going to have it. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Thank you, Darren. <laughs> All right. I won't change my mind on anything, regardless of the facts that are set out before me. I'm dug in, and I'll never change. Don't you just hate guys who act tough because they have a microphone and they're in a basement? I'm, I'm referring, of, of course, to Tucker Carlson. Well, your beard is coming in, so Sorry. you're feeling it a little bit, I take it. Manscaped. We're going to talk or a little is it, bit. Wait, is that your beard or is that hoagie? Oh, that's, <laughs> it's, no gristle in this. That's, that's, just, that's good eating satisfaction. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit later in the show about Manscaped. We have a deal. If you buy some products from Manscaped, uh, use promo code ML. You get 20% off and free shipping. And you can be a fly in the wall for this show. We will let you zoom in and see this show from beginning to end, which may or may not be uh, an inducement. But we check it out. It's actually not that bad. Um, Yes, sir. Uh, Before we get to our great debate, I have to tell you about somebody who's given great deals, and that's Hall Financial. Rates are still at all-time lows. If your current mortgage is above 3%, what are you waiting for? You could be saving 
money. And currently at Hall Financial, almost 70% of all loans don't require an appraisal. Call Hall Financial today to see if you qualify for a no appraisal loan. Ask for my man, Dan Morrison. He will take care of you just as he took care of me. If for some reason your loan does require an appraisal for the month of November only, so don't wait, Hall Financial is going to pay for it up to $500. Believe it or not, closing times have sped up again. Right now, the majority of loans at Hall Financial are closing in 10 business days or fewer. Just go to our website and check on the Hall Financial link to get started. Hall Financial, lower payments, better options, more personal attention. By the way, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson's own attorneys <laughs> yeah. said uh, to defend his ass in a lawsuit. In the McDougal lawsuit, yeah. He doesn't, talk, he doesn't say the truth. He, he says things that aren't true. It's just for effect. So, so okay. We're just going to move on. A lot of pundits do. His lawyers went on and said, our client's a liar. So... Uh, so I don't know. A lot of pundits have that. I anyway, don't agree with that. I love you, Mark, but so, some maybe. You think he's the only one? I don't know about that, but I'm not sure about a lot. No, but we actually have his his team on the record saying, "Listen, our guy. Sure. This is all sure. just for show. You know, the rest of them we know we can figure it out." And it's on left and right. You know, I've been a defender of CNN for for quite a while, considering them more in the middle than on the left, like MSNBC or the right, like. Uh, like um, uh, Fox News. But I have to tell you, watching Anderson Cooper and some of these other people who are supposed to be the moderators, the anchors, the what have you, just gloating over uh, Joe Biden's victory. Um, you know, they're entitled to their own opinion. We all have our own opinions. But when you're a journalist, you've got to be but, in the middle. You've but that's got- the thing. They're not journalists. The, pe- the primetime yes. people on all these shows, That's and that's what I hate about it because that means any news – if you're from the right, you don't want any news coming out of CNN. And if you're from the left, you don't want any news coming out of Fox. And they still have legitimate reporters. There's good people at Fox, too, that aren't pundits. No, that, that's, that's very I, true. But, but You've got to separate the two. But, but Mike's, uh, Mike's point is absolutely right. And by the way, Anderson Cooper was a journalist. He was. Well, he was a right. self-appointed journalist. I mean, he was a citizen journalist. But, but, yeah, he, but he was work. on the scene all over the world well, right? sure. for, no, no. for a long time. He's got, got some chops. But, I, but I'm with you. I used to defend... CNN all the time is fairly down the middle, kind of mainstream. What that was a different definition of mainstream back then, but especially under Trump these last four years, oh, they not. Yeah, yeah, no, they've completely shifted to the left. Not only that, their panels, their pundit panels, used to be split, and right now their panel, their their prime time or whatever their nighttime panel through all this is two Democrats, David Axelrod, a former mm-hmm. uh, campaign manager for Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, former Chicago Van, Tribune journalist. Van Jones, who yeah. somebody, uh, this, his name was mentioned uh, earlier on the show. Those two, and then there are a couple of... They have Rick Santorum. And then Rick Santorum. Well, they beat so, on Rick Santorum. So it's two to one, but then yeah. Anderson uh, Cooper hosts the show, and he's clearly left, so yeah. that's really three yeah. to one. He needs to be the late, great Alec Trebek. I'm just going to read the questions or read the answers and let you ask. I mean, I want to see him be more of a moderator than a partisan. And and the same thing happens if you watch Fox 2. Poor little Juan Williams is sitting there getting the shit beat out of him by yeah. four or five conservatives. No, no, for sure. But CNN didn't used to be that no, way. No, exactly. Exactly. They've, they've really changed. They, they, they have. I've spent more time watching them during this election than I have in a long time. I pretty much just used to watch them for Brianna Keeler, who... <laughs> If you're watching, that's sex- it's all Trump. That's I mean, that's sexist. all they've done, Mark. Right? Well, yeah, but that has covered Trump for the last four years. That's and what makes them money. It's right, and they've given up whatever try uh, impartiality they tried to have, or used to have anyway. But that doesn't mean that doesn't money. exist in other people on the network. No, but you know? I, no, for I, sure. I just, but I just think CNN has kind of gone from middle to I, moving. Tw- oh, yeah. very far, and it's too bad. Give me a call, Brianna. 
I wouldn't be waiting around for that. It's too bad. Leave a, leave a voicemail. Do we have a debate today? Oh, yes, we do have a, gr- oh, okay, a debate great. today. Um, Is Mike going to debate himself? Um, Are you going to debate that sandwich again? No, no, there's no debate. It's delicious. Um, next, uh, I want to talk about pollsters because okay. because uh, they took they got the shit kicked out of. Maybe I should talk about the media and pollsters because in 2016 they got beaten up pretty bad. And where were we in 2020? Pollsters. We're listening to them all again. We have all the horse race coverage that we had in 2016, that we had in 2012, that we had 2008, that we had in 2004. Well, actually, can I just make this quick mathematical point? 2016, at least the national polling averages, if you go to the aggregators. In the margin of error. Nate Silver. Yes. Hillary was 5, 4 to 5%. She won the national, uh, the the, the vote by 2%. So it was within the margin of error. Yes. The same thing is true right now. Nationally, no, it is, actually. I feel like they did a better job. He's going to win 4 to 5%. They had him by 10%. No, no. He he was 7 to 8%. He's going to be four to five percent that's again nationally state to state is where they've been so off florida was by far the worst i feel like they did better in 2016 florida was way off wisconsin they had a poll 17 he was up yeah but the aggregators took that and he was up by six or seven and i don't know what he ended up winning by yeah no the the state polling wisconsin it's going to be like 0.6 percent it's going to be automatic recount no the pollsters were better in 2016 that's what i was saying yeah and it kind of feeds off of what we were just talking about a news agency can take a poll and kind of craft it in different ways because the pollsters are really mad at the media and how they've interpreted numbers, the independent pollsters. Um, but if the question is, can you trust polls? It depends on what the poll is and what the question. Nobody ever knows the question that's being asked. And that right there is the problem. I used to hate when we would get polls uh, just pretty much everywhere I've worked where one of the questions would be, they'd say like, what are the biggest issues facing your your community one would be you know uh economy uh, crime jobs education you know government services stuff like that but then they would always say high taxes sure why don't you just say taxes because once a minute once once you put a value word in there like high taxes i'm like i hate high taxes you know i mean if you ask me whether i think taxes are a problem then i can make my own decision whether i think they're high or low or just right and and so what you're saying about the way the questions are asked is critical, but what, what I find very frustrating now is a lot of the pundits, the polling pundits, don't even seem to be operating their own polls anymore. They aggregate yeah. the polls and they basically say, if we have 10 different polls out there in the field and we even them out, we'll get close to what's right. Yeah, and that's exactly crazy what, but that's what they've done. Why I mean, that's that, my point. The aggregators that are the, are, have been the truest things. The, yeah. Because the state polls and the individual polls, it's like N- NBC's poll or Fox News poll, whatever, those ver- are Rasmus, they vary wildly. Yeah. Right? So why so not aggregate them? Exactly. The aggregators, the so only it's a, what it's they a need to do. Poll of the polls. But the other thing is, folks don't want to admit a lot of stuff or say what they think. And there's a lot of distrust among pollsters. They're linked with the media. Yeah. I think there's a big F you to anybody who Absolutely. calls your house in the first place. Absolutely. And second of all, if you call from someone who's even perceived to be part of the media or the intelligentsia, you're either not going to respond. You're gonna you're gonna shine them on with some troll malarkey. Yeah. Well, they're having a sampling or, problem, clearly too. I mean, we know in yeah. 2016 they really underweighted white. Um, I non- love the undereducated. Remember Trump yeah, when Trump he said that? Say that and but, the undereducated love him. Um, but just the, the simple numbers in poll, you'll see a sample size of like 600, which is way too low. It's just way too low. It it's is. supposed to be between 2,000 and 2,500. Um, 
all that being said, I'd love to see a poll next presidential election. Don't give out the percentages. Just say who you think is winning each state. Because it really seems to be the percentages that are throwing people off and can actually have a real world effect to the point where, hey, if your guy's way ahead, why would I bother go voting? Or, hey, my guy's way behind. Why would I bother go voting? But then like, you'd it's also, not going to make a difference. But through this, too, you occasionally see stories that um, deal with the internal polling of the campaigns. Yeah. And they don't, they don't necessarily they don't. release their numbers, but they will sort of give you hints. Yeah, of what they think, and which they, is why people should listen to them. They, I mean, and because they're usually pretty right. When Trump's right? like, "Hey, we're not, you know, we're leading in a lot of places," believe him. He, you know, he might lie about some stuff. He's not going to. I don't think but he's going to lie about that. He would just avoid it. But there are also stories coming out of the Trump folks, especially election night, that they knew from their own internal polling, sure, that this was going to switch. Mm-hmm. Right? They knew what was they coming. absolutely knew. That's why they did. That's why the the Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, the places where the, the Republican held the state legislatures. They tried to get it so that the early voting or the mail-in ballots could be counted as they came in. They didn't want it because they wanted to see him because they wanted Trump to look like he was ahead at that night and then have chaos afterwards. It was all designed. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think to answer the question, yeah, you can trust them, but they got a lot of work to do to regain a lot of a lot of people's trust. Boy, I'm, I'm hearing echoes of 2016 here on that. They did point. better then than they did now. Right, so they're we said similar. they needed to do better, and they've done worse. So let me let me ask you this: Maybe this this how we just end run the Twitter debate. polls. This is how we end the debate. I think <laughs> in twenty twenty four, would you be in favor of no polling? No, Sean. No, no. Well, they, they correct, I mean it's it's useful the for some folks. Yes. I mean, marketing <laughs> marketing and advertising companies live on this stuff, yeah. so it can be useful, right? They wouldn't spend all these corporations wouldn't spend all this money. To sell their products if they could if they didn't think they could find out information. I'm just saying that was reliable. Would you be satisfied as a consumer of news? Because believe it or not, people, we do give you what you indicate you want. So you have to blame yourselves if we're if we're feeding you garbage. But would you be comfortable if news organizations said we are going to devote more resources to boots on the ground, covering issues, covering substance, and not so much covering polls? Do you, still, do you guys stay with your no answer? It's still a way to score it, so it's not going to go away. Because the campaigns themselves do it, because there are ways to do it that are reliable. Okay. So yeah. the media wants to try to do it. But yeah, for sure, we all want more substance. Of course, who's not going to agree to that? I don't know. Is it's that the of, answer you wanted, Emma? It sounded kind of squishy. What? But anyways, you're still both wrong. That's both things can be true. Come on. Oh, man, the geeks have inherited the earth. There's only one truth. What a dork. Him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek or we're turning into cool guys. Your great debate is brought to you by uh, by wisdom and your geek of the week. <laughs> I wondered. Oh, is this soft history? No, we're ge- we get geek of the week. Yeah. Um, yes. Is Have you ever done this show before? By- it's been a while. The format hasn't changed much. I- I'm I'm in a post orgiastic food coma, so um, I'm just coming out of it. Um, so. Uh, it- uh, Geek of the Week is brought to you by Luke Nowacki, who will will help you uh, get through these difficult times with uh, with a palm, a, a plum, a plum, or a palm if you like certain kinds of trees that grow in in uh, warm climes. So uh, I Let's have a get confession his money's to make. Worth of this read. You may not be aware of this, uh, Mark. Yeah, no, I'm not. What's up, Bell? Please, oh. but my Kilpatrick royalties don't kick in until the eighth mention of any combination of the words Kwame. Bell. Oh, you want me to keep okay. Kilpatrick. Remembers this part of the 
show. Or Pulitzer. Was so this my, in our rundown? So my financial future is <laughs> looking pretty sweet. If you'd like a similar arrangement, you can either get your own damn Pulitzer or maybe call Luke Nowacki with Pinnacle Wealth Strategies. He can help you find a way to provide for your retirement future that may or may not involve reading through Merrill's sex messages at the Anchor Bar. You can call Luke at 248-663-4748. You can also find a link to his website on our website, which is mlsoulofdetroit.com. And when you call Luke, let him know who told you to call him. That would be ML's Soul of Detroit. And when you call Luke, I want you to be ready because he'll make sure that it is all about you, sweetheart. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Royal Alliance Associates Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates Inc. Geek of the Week. Who, who, who wants to start? I'll go first. Mark um, goes first. I'm going to give it to the whole country of Russia and oh, wow. specifically for the fact that... I think it's it, a commonwealth, technically. Oh, Jesus. Confederated com- States. Okay, whatever you want to call it, Russia. Simply because um, Pfizer has this great announcement of the efficacy of their vaccine at 90%, and Russia goes, hey, uh, our vaccine that we did, uh, we're 90% too. Didn't they have a vaccine made, like six months ago? Didn't Putin's daughter take it? Yes, yeah. What happened with that one? Uh, I think that's the one they're talking about, but I just don't like oh. the fact that they're piggybacking it. They're trying to ruin Pfizer's uh, great news. Well, so did Mike Pence. They took credit for it, right, and said they were part of the warp speed program which pfizer came out right after right that tweet after yeah and said no we weren't we didn't take any money we didn't want to be holding to any political agenda we did this on our own and, in any case but i'm more mad at russia so, so I'm, I'm not i'm not mad at anybody I, i'm anti-conspiracy theories but i i can't help but want an explanation as to why pfizer didn't make this announcement a week ago did they just find out lab results maybe i don't know uh, you know what's I mean, interesting about that so i have a lot of it, it is kind of <laughs> again i'm not the conspiracy guy but i couldn't help thinking in fact i can't believe trump hasn't tweeted something that's like junior where day. was he this did. a week oh what junior forget day. about junior trump great beard oh the president trump Beat did he, junior he tweeted it oh did, he did? He? okay oh, shit i'm behind uh well i'll add fuel to the um to the fire of conspiracy because uh, i have a lot of science nerd friends and one who went through it the didn't data see that said, coming. he said it was, <laughs> I know, but isn't it kind of a surprise? Said that this tri- this kind of trial, they usually provide the data after about 32 patients, but this data was presented after 94. So it's better. I mean, it's better to have more data, but it is interesting that, why didn't they do it after 32? Did they not have 32 a week ago? I saw Fauci yesterday talking about the, the modeling. And how they decide difficult. 94 was better. I mean, those seem like very random Fauci numbers. was talking about that, but you could also say Fauci's part of the conspiracy, too. I don't know. Fauci's going to be looking for work soon. They got Esper. Now it's Tony's next. Well, for what? Two months? Well, it's, hey, the defense secretary. Oh, Ray, uh, the FBI director, the, Christopher the defense, Ray. The defense secretary went next, out of right. town screaming. Anyway. Um, Sean, uh, who's your Geek of the Week? Well, I don't want to have a Geek of the Week this what? week. What? In the spirit, in the spirit of uh, not pointing fingers. Not, uh, not judging fun. anybody. I know it's yeah, not really, fun. We're just not prepared. No, 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 no. Oh. No, there could be several of them. I could go on about <laughs> Newt Gingrich. I thought about Mike Pence. and What about people credit. who thought the Wolverines were going to go 7-1? and one? I made myself the geek uh, a oh, couple of weeks ago. I, or a month ago. I could do that every every Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever day you want to do this, Mike. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, in the spirit of uh, you know getting along a little bit, I'm going to say no. None, oh of, none of us are our Geeks of the Week. Sorry. 
I gotta ha- I gotta stop having Sean go before me because when I hear these little speeches, I want to make Sean my <laughs> go ahead. You can do it. No, it's, I think I'll. I'll it looks just, like you have two on your on your rundown put, here. Put put another put another hug. I'm surprised there. he's getting that got five in my account <laughs> or six. Yeah. Well, we don't try, worry. The two will take long. We try and limit this. That's show true. But it'll take even longer as he tries to finish that sandwich. So I want to tell you a little well, story. That's a good thing, though. Uh, about um, <laughs> one of the last elections I covered in the state of New Hampshire, there was a uh, state senator. Oh boy, here we go. Remember you said little story so you modified story so are you done yet this is a i keep getting interrupted um her name was liz hager and she was running to try and reclaim a state senate seat that uh, that she had given up to run for governor as a liberal republican and had been soundly trounced but she was running against a more conservative republican in the district and i wrote a profile of both candidates and when i interviewed liz she sounded a lot like the other candidate. And at the end of the interview, I was sort of surprised at how her, her positions on a lot of issues had sort of moved to the right. And I said to her, I said, Liz, you know, uh, your answers kind of surprised me. And she said, well, you know, I think if I'm going to beat Bob and if I'm going to take back the seat, I have, to, I have to moderate my positions a little bit. And I said, okay. So I wrote a, uh, a story that said, you know, uh, Bob and Liz aren't that far apart. They both want the same seat. Other than that, they seem to agree on most things. Liz lost a very, very close race. And uh, she was a very lovely woman, uh, very kind-hearted, very generous, very smart, all the things you'd want in a public official. Not saying Bob wasn't. But I ran into her in the hallway of the State House because I was working out of the press room in the State House. And I said, uh, Liz, you know, how you doing? I'm, I'm sorry, um, that things didn't work out for you. And she looked at me and she started crying and she said, that was the worst article I've ever read. And she stormed away and I was shaken. I couldn't believe it. I was, uh, I was, uh, very upset myself as a matter of fact. And I went back in the press room and the Dean of the New Hampshire press corps is a gentleman named Kevin Landrigan who worked for the Nashua Telegraph. And he said, he said, what's wrong? Does this story have an end? We're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Have another can of Patriot Lager. Uh, And and I told Kevin what happened. And he said, you know who my favorite people are in this business? And I said, I have no idea. He said, good losers. We got some good losers in this country. I, I wish they, we got some bad losers. I wish they would be good losers. I'm tempted to make bad losers my geek of the week. But instead... I'm going to make all that for that. So that story, uh, didn't, we didn't. It's, need it's it. called an allegory. We didn't, we didn't really. It's need called it. an allegory. It's deep. You have to think about it. You have to Dear reflect. Dear God, here we go. I thought it was more like a. Maybe, uh, maybe on your way back to the place where they were still writing in Jill Stein's name on the presidential <laughs> ballots, it'll it'll click for you. But um, that story uh, was like a balloon with helium, you know, kind of floating up into the clouds. <laughs> Just right. Yeah, I'm taking it to a higher plane. And then it exactly. disappears. Yes, exactly. and That's right. You don't really know the end of the story. It doesn't really fit the segment. I'm trying to raise the. Oh. Well, I, there was room what? for an extra huh? geek because Sean punted. I know. I did have a. Uh, I had a non-geek of the week. Where it's just it's a you know important time to. To try, I'm going to look at you and say I, I, I love you, and that's it. You're handsome. <laughs> so now, now who's? I'll, I'll tell you what. Your good beard's looking. actually coming in. You may have even gotten rid of that silly '90s earring. Our, our new, our I new winter tell. caps are good looking. Have you guys seen our new shirts? Did By the way, this? when you were in that little press room, you were telling us about in Nashua, Nashua. New it's in Hampshire. Concord, actually. Concord. Sorry, were you selling swag down there too? <laughs> Did you have T-shirts of yourself? 
No, but I'll tell you, the side. with the money I was making, I was thinking of selling blood. It was it was that desperate. But uh, my Geek of the Week is Notre Dame and everybody who, first of all, why did you let so many students in that stadium when 15, the Midwest is, is spiking? And then you let them stream onto the field. So let's think about this for a minute. If you're who, just who, a Notre who, Dame. Who are you mad at? Are you mad at the students? Everybody you... connected with Notre Dame. So you don't like Except Catholics. the Pope. I mean, we argued about Justin Turner last week. I The students, I mean, they were masked. They're allowed to go to the game. I don't have a problem with did it. Did you see those guys on the I field? Did. They were not yeah. masked. Oh, yeah, they were. I, I saw a lot of players people, weren't. But, uh, but I saw uh, a lot of people running up to players who they could then be infecting, which might keep Notre did Dame you from see, playing. You actually game. saw them without masks because they had to wear a mask to get in the stadium. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. I did not eyeball everybody in the crowd, but so they, certainly, they certainly were not social distancing. Can we Good go with that? research on your geek. Of sure, the they weren't. Well, at least I came up with two. I came up with uh, one very important one. Nobody. You, exactly. I'm sh- you know what? You're right. Notre Dame, you guys are great. My geek. geek of the Week is Sean Windsor. That's an- <laughs> <laughs> right, let me give this Geek of the Week. The kids are soft. I don't care for that guy. Me neither. Too no. soft. I'm going to pretend like you need to just make my dick go soft. Uh, can, can I get the camera over here? I want to award the... Uh, Notre Dame Geek of the Week replacement prize <laughs> to my friend Sean Windsor. There you go. Nice big trophy for you. Put that on the mantle of your uh, of your Buckminster Fuller uh, biosphere dome. Hey, I heard the uh, professor there. Oh, hey, class is in. Sorry, everybody, please uh, put your pencils down um, and uh, pay attention. It is time. For this week in soft history with, uh, with adjunct professor striving for tenure, let's see if he gets there, Mr. Matthew Jennings. Professor. Well, howdy, y'all. How y'all doing? Well, that was funny, Matt. That was good. Where, where are you at, bud? Oh, thanks. Because you're in your uh, rig again. I'm at, I'm at the DCP, Detroit Chassis, uh, a lot. I just finished loading uh, chassis to go to Iowa tomorrow. Nice. So, That's funny, too. So busy. is that two? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that was too. Okay, I hope you guys like okay. it. You know what's funny is roll, you guys man. get to you get to you guys get to pick out on some pretty good high quality meal meals uh, from uh, Chef Dave, and I get I to drink my protein shake all day. Well, cool. some of us are waiting till after the show to eat. Yeah, no, some I didn't get a thing. Sean and I. Man, Brandon would be proud because of that. Mike was on time for once, and uh, really funny, Matt. And, You're you right. Know, I was a few minutes behind, and it cost me. I actually cut it very closely, but yeah, not not, not well, so closely that I had to. Uh, I'm glad you ate. Make deep sacrifice. So, Professor, um, what's uh, drop the chalk and start to talk? Okay, let's get started. In 1985, a University of Michigan student sustained injuries after the package he was holding exploded oh. in his hands. Yeah. Are we are we sounding okay, guys? Yeah, you're fine. Go keep powering through. We, we were waiting for the funny part. That's when the laughter yeah. comes. I hate Zoom so much. Okay, so you guys heard what I said. <laughs> now to finish the setup. There's a finish. <laughs> the mastermind. <laughs> fuck. I think I know what the, I think I know what the joke's going to be. Was Ted Kaczynski. Okay, you guys are talking on top of me. <laughs> we're about to throw dirt on top of you. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, in 1985, a University of Students sustained injuries after the package he was holding exploded in his hands. The mastermind behind the bombing was Ted Kaczynski, making the first explosion in U of of M's history (laughs) that wasn't premature in their pants. God, all that work. We knew it. Yeah, well, yeah. 
We knew what the punchline was going to be, too. Just saying. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one, Matt. This, this, we, we, this. They let eighth graders drive trucks, though. That's interesting. We're getting really liberal today. (laughs) This segment is not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) And we apologize to any reads that were within close proximity of this segment. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I tell you what, I was looking forward to this read, too. In 1991, police discovered the body of slain millionaire newspaper mogul Robert Maxwell. He was found wearing a tuxedo, making him that rare newspaper man that wasn't happy to be found black, white, and red all over. That's a journalism that's, joke, Sean. That's okay. cute. Yeah. That's a, that was funny. I yeah, liked it. If, if you like people dying under mysterious... By the way... Oh, what? Gis, too soon? How long ago was it, Matt? Gislaine Maxwell's 91. father. 91. How long do you Robert understand? Maxwell's Gislaine Maxwell's father. Did you that was know his that? daddy. Yeah. Their daddy. Yep. She's still alive. Jeff's dead. Yeah, she is. Barely. After nearly three months of marriage, uh, hotel heiress Nikki Wait, is this Hilton. a new joke? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, That's not. okay. After nearly three months of marriage, <laughs> hotel heiress Nikki Hilton divorced businessman Todd Meister due to a oh. bi-coastal relationship. You see, Nikki Hilton spent most of her time in New York, while Todd Meister spent most of his time being an asshole. The Todd Meister. Yeah. Uh, Are you going to finish strong? He also checked nope. into. Uh, <laughs> no. He also checked into Hilda Marriott. That's the other reason uh, she was mad. Yeah. All right, Sesame Street. That, 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 joke, was, that joke was worse. Mo. Hilda's a woman's name. Yeah. No, we got oh, it. Driving oh, off the cliff. Okay. We understood it. I'm, tr- I'm trying to. I'm trying to prop Matt up. No, you're not. With what? Gross. Sesame Street premiered this week. The creator said the idea for Sesame Street came from one very simple question asked at a dinner party. Who wants to try this LSD? Because it's a weird... You'll get it. I I thought we were headed for a pedophilia joke, so that's... uh, you get it. Hold on a second. (laughs) It's not done yet. You know... uh, know, (laughs) Yeah, there's still more. Elmo uh, was the first (laughs) non-human to testify before Congress. The second, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> hey, hey, okay, way to finish strong. That was good. Yeah. I'm, I'm not fucking finished. Oh. Are you, are, you, are you sure? You sure you don't want to go out on a high note? You finished several minutes ago, but... <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I There's want to hear the next one. I want to hear the next one. Okay. Back in 2001, back in Joe Biden's Senate days, Majority Leader Tom Daschle received an ordinary-looking piece of mail. When the envelope was opened, white powder spilled out all over. A brief FBI investigation determined it was meant for Hunter Biden. <laughs> it just had a mix-up at the post office. So Hunter Biden does cocaine. <laughs> hey, did you bad. know that, uh, that Sesame topical. Street got yes. an AVN award? Oh, boy. Wait, are we on to nah. six? I don't know. Oh, I, yeah. Is this a joke or are you, fr- are you just uh, freestyling? Is this improv? No, screw it. Is that true? Did they really get uh, an all video uh, porn no, award? Right. Yeah. They did. Are you serious? For, yeah. It, sounds like it was so. brought to you by the letter X, X, and X. That's yeah, it was bad. for best shoving a hand up the backside of a character and making him say the letter O. Mm, yeah. <laughs> okay, that I, I didn't realize that. That was I didn't realize the format had changed. I like that at least, one. At least it's tag finished. team now. <laughs> it's, it's like the Smothers Brothers, but we're both Tommy. Yeah. He was the Get dad. an older reference next time, too. We, we had, uh, we had uh, what, 1942 was the first joke? No, 1985, sorry. 85, yeah. yeah. You mean t- the one that I uh, completely derailed? T- 
Ted Kaczynski went to the University of Michigan. If you didn't get that joke, um, he's blowing up programs in Ann Arbor worse than Jim Harbaugh. That's true. Barely. <sighs> Great. <laughs> Well, if you're still with us, uh, you understand why Tim Pamplin is, does not want to be seen. <laughs> we, we may uh, we may want to enter one of these witness protection programs ourselves going forward. But first, uh, our president-elect, some people call him not president-elect, but other people call him Joe. Uh, he says that he is going to address the COVID-19 crisis with science. And he's inspired our selection for this week's edition of Room 769, where we are having non-traditional bands and performers cover new wave classics. And it doesn't get less traditional than William Shatner covering Thomas Dolby's She Blinded Me with Science! Science! It's poetry in motion. She turned her tender eyes to me as deep as any ocean. Yeah, baby. As sweet as any harmony. Oh, she blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. And failed me in biology. When I'm dancing close to her. Blinding me with science. 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 I can smell the chemicals blinding me with science. 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 Mmm, it's poetry in motion. Poetry in motion. And when she turned her eyes to me. As deep as any ocean, as sweet as any harmony, she blinded me with science, blinded me with science, and failed me in geometry. When she's dancing next to me, when I'm dancing next to you. I can hear machinery blinding me with science. Science. It's poetry in motion. And now she's making love to me. The sphere's in commotion. It's in harmony. She blinded me with science. Science! Blinded me with science. Oh, then hit me with technology. 
talk to her, baby. William Shatner here, riding on the mothership, just for the funk of it, baby. Good heavens, Miss Sakamoto, you're beautiful. I don't believe it. There she goes again. She tied it up and I can't find anything. All my tubes and wires and careful notes and antiquated notions. But it's poetry in motion. Who, me? And when she turned her eyes to me. I must keep busy. As sweet as any harmony. Oh, she she blinded me with science. She blinded me with science. Blinded me with science. And hit me with technology. So that sounds like perhaps the crappiest thing ever produced by the art of noise, but instead it's William Shatner. And he actually does have somebody involved in this who has some serious musical chops. Did you recognize that voice chiming in here and there? I thought that was yours. No, no. <laughs> the female voice? No. Oh, no. well, that's true. He is a little high-pitched. The one, the only, Bootsy Collins. Oh, really? Playing a little bass and, and, and uh, backing up uh, the captain on that one. But um, didn't Bo- What was that great dance song in the 90s? That Groove Bootsy- is in the Heart. Groove is in the Heart, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, Delight, yeah. Uh, yes. Delight. Oh, I liked Delight. Yeah, she was cool. With Q-tip. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you would never play anything like that. that well, because it was actually, popular. That's the whole point of Room 76 and I. We're playing the stuff well, yeah, you don't know. Science we're, trying to, we're trying to... Yeah, but, but right. we're, this, as you may Spoken noticed, word over blinding me to science. As, as you may have noticed <laughs> over the last six weeks, we've we've taken a new tack on uh, Room 76 and 9 just to change things up a little bit. You're right over there. Go ahead and get something to drink and get that out of your voice, please. Come on. Everybody should have seen the rest of the butchery food he was shoveling in during... uh, We forgot to to play our Altus sounder for Tim Pampling. Can we play that? Uh, I closed it already, but I can get it back up. Then I'll I'll, I'll keep the Altus then. it's, It's a package deal. If we don't play that you get a free Altus for being on the show, then I don't have to deliver the Altus. So I'll just I love how you make the rules up so you end up with more beer. It's a good... No, I'm being serious. I think that's good. It's, it's you know, beer has ruined a lot of people's lives, and, uh, and I'm just trying to uh, make sure that doesn't happen by consuming as much of hey. the good beer as I can. But, um, you know, Shatner is... Uh, that's Mr. Shatner. Mr. Or Captain. Um, or Sergeant, wasn't he? Uh, T.J. Hooker, wasn't he a Sergeant? <laughs> Yeah, maybe I think he's he done was, a lot yeah, of things, yeah. and and I don't know who he was in the Barbary Coast. Maybe he was a civilian in that one. You know, he started out in the '60s and '70s being this pretentious guy trying to do Lucy in the Sky with diamonds. But what I really like about this version, he of, still is a pretentious guy. This may be the only thing I like about this version is that now he's in on the joke. He's hamming it up and he's cashing in on it. And if there's anybody who can cash in on being William Shatner, it's William Shatner. And if you ever see him on Twitter, he's actually very funny. He's very yeah. He he winks he winks at yeah, himself. Yeah, he's in on the joke now, which is a lot of people can't pull it off. Except all. he's still kind of a dick to people. So is he? Oh yeah. yeah. Still. Well, yeah. You know, just ask his biological son. He's still the cap. Oh what? What's this now? Yeah, the one he won't admit to. But whatever. That's a whole other story. That reminds me, the the king of Belgium, I think it has just acknowledged his daughter, who he denied for twenty years. But that's a different show. We'll talk about that next week on ML Soul of Detroit. You spend much time in Brussels, do you? <laughs> Uh, actually, I was, at, I was at the Cadu Cafe last night, and I had their uh, flash-fried 
Brussels sprouts. See, why? With, uh, why? Ask, I thought you were going to say it had mussels and fruit. delicious. And, and Sean, don't ask the question. It's going to lead to another thirty-minute tale. I thought it might actually go somewhere interesting. So they have more <laughs> mussels than they know what to do with right now. A lot like you me. do. And they, I knew that was. And, and they uh, get over there to Cadu and have some. Your forearms are looking a little. You know, there's some tone to them. It's Brussels sprout power, baby. I see a little cinnamon. So, um, so anyways, uh, Room 7609, we are still taking nominations for non-New Wave bands playing New Wave hits. I will tell you, we have so many nominations, we'll never get to them all, but we will always take something better than what we've got teed up. I, I, I can't say that this week was better than anything we had teed up, but we couldn't resist the tie-in to science. So uh, so there you have it. Um, I think we're, we're getting close to the end, uh, mercifully. Um, I want to thank uh, Rebecca for being our donor this week, our sole individual sponsor, the uh, sort of the Ricky Bobby sponsoring his own car. If, uh, if we had a race car to give uh, Rebecca, it would have a, a Cougar on it because this show is sponsored by me, meaning her. That didn't work out at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> not one bit. I thought I was going to bring that one home, but I, I did not. Um, Mark, uh, to those other people out there, <laughs> Who would like to be dragged into some some uh, yeah. misfired uh, uh, stream of consciousness? If, How do they do if that? If you want to be next week's Rebecca, um, go to mlsoledetroit.com, little donate button. Take you right to uh, PayPal. And no amount is too small. No, keep talking, Mark, please. Um, the other thing <laughs> is... to make room for MLs? The other, way you can, the, way, the other way you can support the show is by patronizing our sponsors. Chef Dave's here from The Butchery. Please go out and see him in... Uh, it's well in, worth it. In, uh, is it Sylvan Lake? Lake. In Sylvan yeah. Lake. That's the SL on the butchery sl.com. That's where the hoagies are from? Yeah. yeah. There's I've been staring at for the last ton time. of food. That's right. So, um, it's let, all let, good. Let our sponsors know how you found them because that keeps them coming back. And if they keep coming back, we'll keep coming back. And we don't just take money from anybody. If we have them on the show, we think the product is, is one you can trust. And, uh, I'll tell you, uh, the butchery is worth the trip for me coming from the east side. Yeah. So so please support our sponsors. And I want to tell you again about our Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Purchase anything there. Their nose trimmer, their, uh, their, their beard trimming and other uh, accoutrements, devices, uh, parts of your body appendages. You can shear um, safely and efficiently. They have, uh, they have wipes, uh, which I, I won't get into what they're used for because my mom listens to this show. Uh, they have shampoo and body wash, which is, smells great. It's got kind of a nice eucalyptus scent to it. If you go on there and you spend, let's say, about 50 bucks, give or take a couple bucks, send us proof of your purchase to mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com, and we will invite you to be a fly in the wall to participate by, via Zoom in a future show, our pregame, our postgame, everything in between. Uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, or at least once-in-your-lifetime opportunity if you're very, very old. So get in on that. Uh, and as you may have seen in our Facebook Live, I was pimping the new long-sleeve T-shirts and our beanies. We also have some super cool hoodies. You can take a look at those at our website. They will ship in time for Christmas for sure or any upcoming holidays that you want to Take uh, somebody a very nice, uh, distinctive gift. And you can still get a deal on our hockey jerseys. We also have masks, gaiters, keychains, T-shirts, stickers, and autographed copies of the Get the Bell Ready Kwame Sutra. <laughs> Sounds so good when you do it. Um, please subscribe to the show, uh, share the show, rate the show, and love the show. And give us feedback. Uh, I have a ton 
of, of feedback here, uh, starting with uh, Herbie, Herbie Herbst. Sounds who like says, a good guy. Yeah. Based yo, solely on his name. I love the new wave jabs, jams. I don't gravitate toward that kind of music, but I love music enough to listen to any suggestions, and I've found a few gems in your room 7609 segments. I'm more of a rock metal fan with a soft spot for smooth, old-school hip-hop, but I often wonder, what would Nine Inch Nails be without New Synth? Wave? Yeah, so, good point. And he goes on to say, I'm curious if you or Mark have listened to Pulsifer's new album. <laughs> um, I heard it, uh, the quote I got was, it doesn't suck. Okay. Was well, the uh, was what my buddy told me. Apparently, uh, uh, it was not Herbie. So. Lead singer and Tool frontman Maynard James yep. Keenan may be back in town. So what? Uh, yes, it says on a recent episode of a popular podcast, he said he was meeting people in Michigan to possibly make wine and mead in Mason County. Oh shit! Yeah, can't He's wait. An interesting guy, Maynard. To hear the next episode. So that's from Herbie. Thank you, Herbie, and sorry about the COVID. Unless that's a different Herbie. Um. Herman, what? no relation to Herbie. You know, uh, uh, Kirk Herbstreet. You know, they didn't didn't ESPN take their pregame show off because everybody was sick. Uh, no, that was Fox. It was but, Fox. Uh, okay, nice whatever. try, guys. With Desmond, too much money, Desmond's the one with COVID on the stupid ESPN. pocket squares and uh, and uh, <laughs> goofy hats. Well, um, can I ask you a question real quickly? You're reading out. Did you print these out yourself? I I did at home. Yes. I just realized what on what, the back of his I just media pass what he did. So you. You found a stack of uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, says Police Department Media Pass, November 3rd, 2020. So you found a stack of these and shoved them into your printer because you didn't want to go to Staples and buy printing paper. No, because these are no longer useful and I want to save the earth. Okay. Like everyone you live with in in, uh, Ann Arbor. Mark, this is why he's in the spot he's in, yes. and you and I are. This There's is one rule he lives his life by: it's waste not want. This right. is unbelievable. That's right. Of course, now we're wasting time. Impressive. Which I don't oh, want. oh, we are. What? You're talking about the back of a piece of we're paper. I don't see how that's relevant. That you're, you're taking uh, other people's waste and putting it in your printer and saving money. That's awesome. Uh, so Herman, and I feel like an idiot. Yes. What did Herman say? Herman uh, says, uh, "Great Lee Thomas interview." And was glad to hear that the entire crew enjoyed the dope cover. Herman suggested dope, yeah. who uh, did a great cover of Dead or Alive's You Spin Me Round Like a Record Baby. You can find that on a, uh, on a Halloween episode. It's difficult to find good new music or new good. No, it's, it's difficult to find, to speak. To proofread? It's difficult. I'm so thrown air. off because I'm just thinking about how this piece of paper is a second life and how precious that is. <laughs> uh, it's difficult to find good new music these days, so I've been looking increasingly toward the past and recent years to uncover older hidden gems, and Room 7609 fits that bill nicely. Uh, you Can know I ask else? you another question? You know what else is nice? Our, it's do room you, 7609 keychains. Do you have a bicycle attached to your printer and you pedal and it powers it? <laughs> um, I'm working on that. Okay. I do have the solar panels. I was just going to say, he's got solar panels. Uh, Jason oh, writes, right. I had forgotten about Dope's version of Spin Me Round. Thanks for playing it. What a great remake. Dope has quite a few real good songs. The American Apathy and No Regrets albums rock. Keep up the great work. The chemistry that the three of you have is outstanding. Keep up the great work. Jason, I'm sorry to disappoint you this week, but we will keep trying. Uh, <laughs> Tim says, I have to say your podcast the last month or so have been just fantastic and have been telling all my family and friends to listen to the no BS, our podcast. What? What? Oh, 
Tim, I mean, it's a good one, but, <laughs> oh, but I think he's just having some fun with us because he says a band called Nouvelle Vague does a great version of modern English's I'll Melt With You. Well, of course, we started our new run of non-New Wave bands doing New Wave songs with Nouvelle Vague doing Sweet yeah. and Tender Hooligans. So, Tim, quit pulling our leg, man. Uh, David writes, ML, love the show. Haven't missed a second. So glad when you restarted. So I apologize if this is an annoying repeat from a rando email last summer. You mentioned looking for new wave covers by non-new wave bands for the upcoming Room 7609 feature. I think we can all thumbs down Love and Rockets. No, Love and Rockets are great. But Eagles of Death Metal cover So Alive. Oh, really? Like an 80s style earring just gets stuck in your head for a long time. So, uh, oh, yeah. Cool. Good I hope you enjoy. Keep up the great work, ML. Very nice. Uh, let's see. Uh, Daniel writes, for the last three months here in mostly Democratic city of Romulus, instead of my mail coming between 4 and 5 p.m. every day, it was showing up between 7 and 8 p.m. or later. I almost missed my mortgage payment last month due to it coming 13 months earlier after it was mailed. Now that the election's over, my mail's back to coming between 4 and 5 p.m. Very interesting. He suspects a conspiracy to suppress the vote. And he attaches a post to uh, to a kinfolk of his who was volunteering to count the AV ballots in Romulus. They worked from 8 a.m. until 4 a.m. the next day. Democracy takes a ton of work. And, uh, and the volunteer that we're honoring says, Supporting our democracy keeps America free, strong, and home of the free. I am proud to be an American. And we are proud of the work you've done. Um, lest you think that it's all any sweetness too. and light. No, they were pretty open about it. Um, oh, come on. <laughs> when, you, when you look at uh, old mail, uh, I found a, a box, an email box on Facebook that I didn't even know people were getting their messages sent to. I've been trying to catch up with messages going back all the way to 2011. Mm. And I ran across this little gem from 12-12 of 2018. Well, this will be relevant. From uh, Albert Irvin, who lives in Detroit. Uh, he kind of brings it home succinctly. It just says, you a bitch. <laughs> and then, okay, I take it back. <laughs> I don't. Totally relevant. I don't remember what I was doing totally relevant. in December of 2018. But <laughs> well, you were being a bitch. Albert Irvin did not appreciate it. So uh, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Um, but uh, <laughs> but life's a bitch. And... And I'm so alive, which brings us back to Love and Rockets and uh, Eagles of Death Metal. So maybe we'll sneak them on before we move on from this. Um, let's see. Uh, Mark, we had a voicemail. Are we, do we have time to play the voicemail? Should we play the well, voicemail? Well, I mean, we're already you know, way over time. So, yeah, I guess we have time. Okay. This is a voicemail we got to our, our line, 313-288-9070, also known as the Butterfield 89070 line. Please give us a call because... There's no way you can convey your message any worse than I can trying to read it from email. I don't know why I'm so bad at reading. Can't even take live fucking calls? Fucking coward shit. Fucking coward shit. Take live calls, you fucking coward. And that was the feedback from the line. So, actually, I guess I can read it better. <laughs> Did that sound like Matt Jennings? Oh, maybe <laughs> it was. Else recognize maybe it was that voice? No. Oh, boy, not very academic there. Not but, too many uh, podcasts take calls, but we are on Facebook Live, so you're more than welcome to spot off there, and we'll read it. I mean, I watch them all. All the comments come in. Yeah, so, you know, I'm sorry that you only know seven words, and, and 
what I'm. He sounded about. nice though. Sounded lovely. I don't care if he listens. No, I'm. I'm fine with that. I'm sure that. I'm sure that when he's kissing his mother, he's very gentle. Um, Be nice. Oh, no sorry. geeks of the week this sorry. week. No, 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 no. Just, just the entire student body. No name. Um, so, anyways, uh, who are masked but not social distancing? Okay. Yeah, we got it. Um, trying to save that one. Damn it! I'm so proud of that one. Uh, program notes. Uh, still waiting back to hear from State Representative Karen Whitsitt. Shocked. Who said Kwame Kilpatrick would be freed? Has she talked to anybody? Has she made any comment about it? Not that I'm aware oh, of. How convenient. We're also still waiting for Kwame Kilpatrick to be freed. I'm owed two bells. Oh, oh, that's right. Sorry. That's like 10 bells today. I'm glad I mean, I know it's a track. fun little bit we do, but 10 is probably a little too many. <laughs> did you hear ringing in your head when you're driving home? I did. I did. Well, at least you're not drooling. Um, and, Sean, what are you up to? How are you doing? What's going on? Did you have to watch the Lions? No. I did. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. It's a beautiful stadium, though. Uh, Ford Field? No. Wait, what was your column today? I read your column. And oh, they I were in Indy, right? It was a Michigan-based They were in one. Minneapolis. Oh, oh right, right. Great Sorry. Stadium. I'm not a big Lions fan. Great stadium. Was it a Michigan? I wrote Michigan, Indiana, Lions, Minnesota. Then what did I do? Uh, Izzo. Oh, then I wrote oh, the about, Izzo one. Was then I wrote today, about yes. Stafford and the week he had and so forth. And Is there the, a Windsor curse? Eleven or twelve years he's had. <laughs> you wrote about curse. the Spartans. They Good sucked. Player. Michigan sucked. Lions sucked, Stafford sucks, and Izzo has COVID. Stafford doesn't suck. He's a good player stuck at a miserable organization. But um, let anyway. me ask you this: Do you think he's lost more games than he's won as a quarterback? Because quarterbacks get more credit. And they I kind of wrote that that he can't. He does win games. He does. He does lose games too. The problem is that pretty much narrows it down, eh? If he if he doesn't play um, great, then uh, in a lot of years, sure, then they've got no shot at all, and that's. I would agree with that, and that's what's. And when he plays bad, there. it really shows. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and then and then I wrote about Izzo getting COVID for today. Yeah, that was that was a good column. It's good to hear from him. Oh man! But uh, so so I don't know. What do we have? Probably another Michigan loss this week. Maybe oh, not. easily. Maybe no, not. they're going to Wisconsin. Get I'll be there Saturday night. Your Spartans are probably going to get worked by Indiana. I'm not looking forward to that. I'm Chef Dave Spartans too. Wisconsin will probably rush. They're not just Mike Spartans. Wisconsin will rush everybody's like five hundred yards. <laughs> Who knows though? They haven't played in a few weeks. Maybe they're it's to their benefit. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, early in the season, you usually want some rhythm. Certainly, know, they're not providing any game film. Um, okay, so we'll be watching for Sean in the Free Press. Please consider subscribing to the Free Press. They they just uh, announced. The- uh, that we are uh, people are being offered an opportunity to take a severance because uh, because we spend a lot of money uh, reporting the news and we're not making enough money to keep doing it. So some of us will not be there next year, uh, but more of us will survive if you please subscribe. It's only ninety nine cents a month for the first three months, and it's well worth it. You you saw that during this election. Oh, that was cryptic. So please. I know you're trying to tease something out. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, t- t- you know, let's, listen. Do you know Sean's getting blown out or something? Do, uh, you have been at the Free Press for a couple of months, so probably it's time to move on. <laughs> I'm surprised we. I'm su- I just cleared my probationary period. I'm surprised we're still doing the podcast, to be honest with you. When Mike called me up a couple of years ago and said, hey, man, I got this interesting uh, possibility. I can't really tell you much about it, but I'd like you to be a part of it. And a couple of months later, hey, man, I think it's going to happen. You, you can come on. This sounds really great. And I thought, okay, cool. I'll, I'll be busy for the next. Uh, couple of months and that'll be it and he'll forget about it and move on and <laughs> and he got and himself then, in trouble yeah. and we had a nice break for a while and, do, do you remember what else i said 
as as long as I avoid talking about farts and Canadian metal, I think this is going to be okay. Yeah. And then I blew it. You didn't heed that advice. <laughs> no, it was something. He, he he pitched this whole locker room kind of, not locker room, I, you know, guys kind of going at each other, poking at each other. Like yeah. Mike and I used to do it when I, he would, yeah, on WJR. And he said, come on, we're just going to make fun of each other for for uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. It'll be fun. And I thought, that sounds awesome. I, I got to ask you this question. How do you ever do JR when they have hard ends and hard breaks? I'm being you know, serious. I mean, I'm asking you very seriously. Like it's the same way he meets a deadline at the free press. He, you, when you do it, when you have to do it, you do it. Not true, sir. This is this is what they say when I'm at, at – they said they love it when the TV guy's on because we make all the breaks. Because we know. You, you hit that point, you got to stop. You, you got to be there – you got to start on well, time. It's the same with newspaper. You learn growing up. If you miss it, then it misses the press back in those days, right? So Yeah, but newspaper deadlines are nothing like TV deadlines. I mean, Ungerman doesn't TV, translate the to light a podcast. goes on and you're either... What's that? Ungerman doesn't translate to a podcast. Because, this because I do really... that show by myself. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yes. I forgot it's our fault, Sean. Yes. Yeah, yes. Is. That's why his name's on the show. Exactly. It's like, it's like uh, the tiger getting out of the zoo. You know, you just walk around. But Mike's actually more like a giraffe, you know, kind of. <laughs> You know, look at me, held uh, head held up. Well, he's high. more like a peacock. The long that too, but the long eyelashes, he kind of bats. I'm thinking of changing this to ML Souls and Holes. <laughs> I feel if we keep this up, maybe he'll rap. You think so? Um, please listen. Or it's going to remind him of another story. Please listen to the other. I hear show. you brought a hoodie today, by the way. <laughs> I, I do have a hoodie in the car. Yeah, that's my payment for it's... the last year, year and a half. <laughs> I don't. Not that I deserve to be paid. Actually, uh, I should probably tell you. Um, you kind of got back to me late, so I don't have your hoodie this week. So you. Have oh to my! Do you have mine? I do. I have Mark's. You asked me what size. I, I said Joe's. sure. I have Matt's. Yeah, he was. You know what? We had a text exchange about the size of the beanie. I'm not going to get into it here because yeah. this is a family program. But uh, <laughs> I yeah, can it's, imagine. Unfortunately, it's the Manson family. But um, <laughs> uh, please patronize our other Red Shovel Network shows. Uh, you already heard me uh, extol the virtues of Charlie Duff's No BS News Hour, which is an outstanding episode. Listen, I understand maybe you don't trust me, but I think you trust Charlie. And he says there's no fraud in this election. He knows he was there. What is this with you and Charlie, by the way? Charlie, When Charlie does good work, we, we give him all the credit in the world. Whenever when you he, mention when he shits his on name. on the rest of the journalism world, we got to stand up but for But whenever ourselves. you say his name, it, there's a, it's like you got a hoagie in the back of your mouth. You know what I mean? You, you, I, I do have uh, a hoagie. Uh, 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 I think there's uh, a healthy uh, competition there. Yeah, is that is that it is? Is that no. what it is? Sorry. No. Let me tell you how this competition is. Charlie is first, and I'm somewhere in the stadium. Okay. All right. But I'm pleased to be there. So you're trying to catch him. Which reminds me of a great uh Why don't you stand up album. for the program? That, that might help. Like he does, doesn't he stand and yeah, he does perform. Yeah, well, is, but then he can't is, eat. This isn't the uh, this isn't the uh, <laughs> this isn't the uh, aping success podcast that's on another network. I think it's the Gorilla Network. Um, no filter sports with Eli, Denny, and Bob. I don't, I don't know. know where that was. Oh, we're going. close to the finish line. Okay. Yeah, play, it, play it back slowly. It, it makes perfect sense. I really the Drew and Mike podcast. Maybe play it backwards. <laughs> You could play it backwards. He's so, he's so dejected. You could play it forwards. You could get the uh, lawnmower 3.0. You could get the weed whack. You could come join us on the show. Although I don't even know why I come back on this damn show. This is the this is the worst incentive. I don't even oh, want to be here. It's all funny games, so let's throw them back. You know at you. Don't yeah. buy don't buy any of this shit, and we'll just die. It, it'll be a justifiable death. Uh, no one will mourn. Thanks for the hoodie, by the way. Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
show song. The part that's never on podcast. I'm just wasting the studio audience's time now. Everyone wants to leave and go grab a drink, but they can't, because I'm singing a song that goes on and on.